It is a character in our movie. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What movie are you in? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Still trying to figure that one out. After this, after this podcast, people are going to be like, oh, I don't know what movie I'm in anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's Natalie, the traveling light, obviously. Yeah, talking about starting out my podcast, what's funny is I don't really consider myself that great of a talker. Um, I'm a great listener. And, you know, like if I get on a topic that I'm super passionate about, I'll like, I can go at it, you know, you know, I'm not the person at the table that is like the center of attention, just talking up a storm. Even when I'm on set with people, like I'll talk about things I'm passionate about, like herbs and meditating and, you know, everything under the sun of my interest. But if it's not something I'm interested in, it's really, really hard for me to talk. So yeah, it is kind of ironic that I'm making a podcast. So I'm really lucky to have made just really genuine connections over the years by being my introverted, quiet-ish self, you know, a little bit of a weirdo sometimes. And it worked for me. And um, that's why I'm able to, you know, be able to just send a quick DM or text and be like, Hey, I'm making a podcast. Do you want to, you want to jump on with me and talk about your work and your, your mission on this planet, you know, and it's gotten me thus far. So, so, you know, just, just be yourself. This is a perfect example. So, um, when I met Phil, who is my podcast guest, don't know if I mentioned that already. Um, he took the time, like on multiple occasions on set, um, at photo shoots to sit and talk with me and like just spread love and show me, show me so much love and compassion. And, um, you know, over the years we developed a friendship. He came to my apartment on multiple occasions just to sit with me and listen to me vent and give me Reiki and, you know, break down some of the things we're going to talk about today, which is like how we can kind of just put it into our suffering, you know? Um, of course he talks about it on a 5d, larger scale, but I think he also breaks it down in a really tangible way that I feel like even if my mom was to listen to this podcast, she'd be like, oh, I understand what Phil is saying. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. You really will walk away learning so much about Phil, about his journey and what he has to offer. And there's so much wisdom within this one podcast. It, I wouldn't doubt it if you don't learn like a lot, a lot, a lot. So even if you have to press pause and come back to it later, it's worth it, guys. And um, I also just want to thank everybody who listens to Phil and I today. Um, whenever I see the amount of people that listen to my podcast, it 
it makes me so happy and it just makes me feel like I'm on the right path with sharing my truth and providing a platform for others to do the same. So I just want to thank all of you for being here today and from the bottom bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you. And let's let's go guys. Let's party. Hi Phil. Hi. <laughs> this is awesome. I love this. It's it's awesome to connect with you kind of in another dimension from where we used to be, right? Mm-hmm. When we were doing shoots together. It's Amazon. so trippy. I know. It's so trippy. Even how some of us say we met in the Amazon. Yes. Because <laughs> we were doing Stella's dream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's um, dream. Isn't it funny? Like, I was thinking how many people on set are, uh, were attuned to Reiki. Yeah. Like, even um, Chanel. Yeah. Like, Everybody, we all met at the Amazon. Jen, Anastasia, I can't remember. Deb, yeah. Deb, yeah, so many people. It's it's awesome. So perfect. And look at us now. I know, look at us now. (laughs) Look at us now. (laughs) So, um, you know, I know your story, but how do you describe yourself? It's a very broad question, but... Essentially, I'm a spiritual mindset coach. I'm a mindset coach and a heart meditation guide. That's how I define myself in my Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. What that means is I actually, so I work as a coach to, to help people overcome their limiting beliefs, their anxieties, their overwhelm, but really help them master themselves to find that divine connection to life force and teach them how kind of in steps over three months. So I help them really overcome the overwhelm so they can make drastic changes in their life. And most of the people I work with are people like you and I who want to kind of contribute or help humanity in some way and really empower. So those are the kind of clients I work with to really empower them to change Mm -hmm. their life so then they can ripple effect and then help shift the paradigm of our lives and consciousness as we know it. So essentially mindset coach and meditation guide. I used to be, I met you, of course, when I was like an art director and a creative director in fashion. So it was Mm -hmm. like, I think when we met, I don't remember how many years ago was that? Maybe four or five now? Five or six. Sorry, I just swore. Um, (laughs) I don't um, care. Okay, good. Because I actually swear a lot. But (laughs) I swear with my clients all the time, even during a meditation. I'm like, Breathe open your, your fucking open heart. your fucking heart. Can you fucking feel that? <laughs> True. Passion. It's awesome. Passion. It's like when we met. I think I was actually I was out of disease. Like I used to work as a creative director for like big ad agencies and for Condé Nast, for Vogue, for even like Baron and Baron in New York, and mm-hmm. a bunch of agencies like AR New York, like fashion ad agencies. I was a creative director at for years. When I started freelancing and when I met you, I took a break from that work because it brought me disease. So I needed to kind of just quit the full-time creative director gigs, even though I was getting paid like a shit ton of money. Mm -hmm. And I had an amazing title. I had an awesome car, a great house in Connecticut, like whatever, all that crap. I, I got a disease. Like I got, I was living with so much stress and overwhelm that I didn't learn from my karmic loops, my, my, my subconscious conditioning I was in a violent marriage. My mother-in-law died of cancer. I wasn't wow. aligned with my career. I literally developed activated Graves disease, Graves what? ophthalmopathy, where I became cross-eyed and my eyes were like bulging six, seven millimeters out of my head. My left eye was permanently looking at the ground. And if anyone goes to my website, philippatar.com, there's a picture there in my about section. My right eye was looking at the sky and I was just like that. 
after that, I was like, fuck it. I can't work full time in this industry. It doesn't matter what, what the paycheck is. Mm-hmm. So I gave it up. I had to quit to just get freelance work to be like, okay, I'm getting paid one fourth of what I was getting paid yeah. before. And I'm like, fuck it. I just need ease. Yes. I need a life of ease because I was living in dis-ease. And when I met you, I think at Amazon freelancing, I loved it. For me, it was fucking easy <laughs> compared yeah. to the... I was I doing big ad campaigns for Coach or Louis Vuitton or Maserati or whatever. It was like, those were like massive, like rebranding Sands Casinos worldwide, like huge oh, campaigns. Oh and God. now I'm like, oh, I just got to make a select? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... I'm like, oh man, click. That's it. Walk to another set. Talk. Flick of the wrist. It was literally... (laughs) And I get to talk to people like you and all we did was talk tarot cards and Reiki and energy. And then that's when I got into the energy work because it helped heal me essentially. Wow. It helped me heal. It helped me align with God, one consciousness source and find a, a harmony in my body for my body to then begin to heal itself. Mm-hmm. And then I healed myself without any medication, no thyroid medication, didn't wow. take out my thyroid. My endocrinologist was like, how the fuck did you do that? She did they have- give you a, uh, sorry, did they give you like a sentence? Like you'll always have griefs. Yeah. Yeah. They were like this is chronic. You'll have it for life. We need to take out, when my eyes were getting worse, the nerves in the back of my eye were so inflamed with Graves' ophthalmopathy that they pushed the eyes out. Whoa. And so there, you never knew me at that this age. This mm-hmm. was like 2010. So mm-hmm. it's like they were pushing the eyes out. And then with that, what happens is they can eventually start to pinch the eye nerve because they're just so big. So Oof. I was starting to black out every now and then. Like, wow. it was like, like things would go like, like no sight, a sight for like a micro nanosecond. And then I'm like, what the fuck? You just blacked out. And I'm talking to like my wife at the time. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I literally, oh my, my eyes God. were open and it just blacked out and it came back on. It was like a TV turning off and on. Yes. And then, um, yeah, then the doctors were, of course, like, let's take out the thyroid and give you synthroid, like fake hormones mm-hmm. or fake, you know, chemical hormones for the rest of your life. Let's cut the bones in your eye muscle to reset the eye physically. And I was like, when they told me that part, the eyes, I'm like, Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> and my doctor, I'm, I'm not going to name any names, but she said something that changed my life. Philip, your body's imbalanced. We have to, we have to change it to rebalance it. And I'm like, mm, I don't agree. If my body's not balanced, why can't I find a new balance and rebalance yeah. my body? And she's like, no, you can't do that. No one, no one can do that. And I'm like, hmm. Well, number one, I can't afford this. It's 17 grand a month. So Jesus Christ. I'm like, and then I think one, one thing was like 45 grand. And I'm like, yeah, I was already like 80 grand in debt being transparent throughout all this shit. Yeah. Not working medical bills. So wow. yeah, it was kind of like, I just, with love, I was like, fuck you. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go meditate and, and eat some vegetables and then like two years later, a year and a half later, I, it, it started to heal. Wow. That's so, when I discovered Reiki. Oh my God. So there is a part of you that knew, even though you weren't, um, you know, you were spiritually awake in some sense, but you weren't where you are now. But there is a part of you at that level of consciousness that knew that there had to be a better way. Yeah, it was, you know, it's like that I have, I guess what people would call that typical arc 
of I went into dis-ease to find God. Mm. You know, it's like I, I have that arc of I didn't, you know, whether I chose it or not is another thing, but I just didn't listen. I didn't listen. I didn't listen. I didn't listen to the signs. I wasn't aware. I'm like, let me stuff it down, stuff it down further, stuff it down more, more alcohol, more sex, mm-hmm. more whatever, just stuff it down. And then my body is like, fuck you, Phil. And then I'm like, oh, I got to dive into my demons now. Yeah, you got to face it. And then I faced it. And I did have a background in Kung Fu and Qi Kong as a kid. Mm-hmm. So that ignited my Qi Kong breathwork ignited when I was in the room with my endocrinologist. And when wow. she told me, your body's not balanced, I was like, Qi Kong came in my head. I'm like, no, I, I think I can, like through some breathing, I think I can yeah. figure something out. And it was honestly, I was broke too. I couldn't afford it. So I was mm-hmm. kind of like, well, vegetables and meditation are free. What yeah. do I got to, I'm going to go blind anyway. What do I got to lose? I don't have any money for this. So yeah. Wow. I was kind of pushed against a wall. That makes sense. Yeah. So how did you, how did you find Reiki? I was going to therapy with couples therapy with my wife at the time. We were as violent as it was crazy. We were that couple that was screaming in the subway where people would call the cops thinking one of us would throw each other off the platform. Whoa. I'm not kidding. I can't even imagine you like that. I know. It's so funny. Life. Look. Yeah. Potential. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You too can. No, I can laugh about it now, but I was a complete asshole back then. Um, even my art directors, when I was a creative director, some of them thought I was an asshole. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you meditate? You're a dick. I remember, I remember that day, there was a night where one guy was like, dude, you're treating us like shit. Like, and I was like... Yeah. And it was long story short, it was like that whole... Through that therapy, I had a beautiful therapist, Dr. Ford, shout out, love you. <laughs> she told me, she's like, she put her hand on her eyes and on her ears and she said, you should look up Reiki. And I looked at her, I'm like, what is that? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. And I remember that day, she, she did this with her eyes. She put her hands over her eyes and over her ears. She's like, you should look into Reiki. I think you would like it. Mm-hmm. You're into energy. I'm like, okay. She gave me a name of my Reiki master, Libby Barnett in New Hampshire. And I looked her up, but she's in New Hampshire. And I'm like, how do I go for a session in New Hampshire? I live in New York. And I saw that, like, I think, what was the tipping point? My wife and I got into one huge, huge last fight. We're already filing for divorce. Mm -hmm. And it was like the last straw where I was like, I can't keep living with this anger. Yeah. So I looked for that email from my doctor, from my my, um, psychotherapist. And I, I looked up Libby Barnett. And I'm like, she's in New Hampshire. And then the next weekend or the weekend after, she had a full Reiki class, like four days. And I was like, fuck it. I'll rent a little Airbnb or Victorian bed and breakfast and I'll hang out with 30 women in New Hampshire. (laughs) (laughs) 20 women. It's like a lot of, it's like a big circle. Yeah. And a big class. And I'm like, let's do it. And it dove me into my heart so deep. Wow. That was like the ignition. That's so cool. So um, how did that, like, how did you end up where you are now, though? Because you're not an art director. No, I haven't been an art director or creative director in at least two, three years now. I've been doing this full time for that long, yeah. Two and a half years, three. So paths in life are never definitive. They're an arc. We evolve, right? Mm -hmm. So when I was younger, 
my conditioning and how I grew up kind of bred me to be a designer because mm-hmm. I wanted to craft my world. And I had artistic gifts. I could draw. I love fashion. So I, I went into fashion because I wanted to construct an identity for myself. So it was perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Because my conditioning of not, uh, yeah, low self-worth, lack of identity, not popular, being like, oh, I could figure out how to be popular. You just got to wear cool clothes. That's fucking easy. Yeah. Because people were making fun of me. And next thing you know, I change my clothes and all of a sudden I'm popular and I have girls <laughs> and I, have, I can date. And I'm like, oh, this is easy. Mm-hmm. And then you build your self-worth from that. You know, we're in fashion. That's what we do. Yeah. We, we build people like you and I are there. People see you, Natalie, and they're like, oh, I want to be Natalie. I want to look like Natalie. And people like me orchestrate it because then I hire you. I'm like, yeah, I want people to associate with Natalie. <laughs> so we start constructing these fake worlds for people, right? which take them away from themselves. So, I mean, it, it was a perfect arc for me to become a designer, art director, creative director in fashion. It was perfect just the way it is. Through the disease, though, I realized that that arc was ending. I wasn't happy with it anymore. Mm-hmm. The world was changing. The energy of consciousness was rising. I was moving away from an old paradigm of identity, lack, and sharing that identity with the world that the world no longer needs Mm -hmm. that kind of advertising. We don't need to pound low self-worth to anyone else as well. And I didn't want to contribute to it. So that was my dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. When I'm like, I can't, I remember I was working at, I won't name names of this agency, but one of the best agencies in the world as a huge gig getting paid, like the most money I ever was making as a creative director, a senior creative director, working on the best brands, Best as in whatever people perceived as high fashion in that time. And I still was angry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if I'm angry here, what am I doing? Yeah. And that was the last gig. That was when I yelled at the owner of the company. Won't name any names. Much respect though to them. Because we, we, we worked it out. But I yelled at them one day and I was just like, oh, it's not them. It's me. Mm. I need to change And I was already doing Reiki part-time because I was doing it on myself and I was helping others. I was inviting people for free sessions in my my loft like every week, like multiple people. I was was getting, I think I saw like 100 people really quickly because I was determined to learn what it was deeper. Mm -hmm. So I gave away like 100 free sessions. And I could afford to because I was an art director working. So I'm like, just come. I want to learn what this is. I want to feel it more. And then that's when it ignited because I'm like, oh, I get what it is. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you feel like you can outwill your environment or do you feel like most people just need to simply change their environment in order to become happier? Oh, beautiful question. Neither. <laughs> we change our perception from the inside out. But for, you, need, but yeah. for you, you, you were kind of hitting a wall with your current environment. Oh, yeah. At that stage in evolution, yeah, my environment wasn't working for me. My perception of my world, I wasn't able to really... I was just beginning that inner work. And Reiki dives you more into your heart. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. You're, you're aligning more with your biofield energy. Ooh, look at that. You're going to get that in your recording. It's fine. You're, you're aligning more with your biofield energy. And that's it. And it's when you can harmonize that life force that you're made of, then it harmonizes the particles that are worrying around that suit. But at that time, I was just feeling it. So I couldn't, I had to just cut a cord. Yeah. I didn't know how to change the environment yet. I just was so 
like I had to understand at that point, I already healed my eyes. Mm -hmm. I came out of that after taking like three year break from the industry. I came back to the industry, started working with different agencies, but whatever, cooler, whatever, Mm -hmm. same, getting paid more money again. And then I'm still getting angry. I'm like, Phil, even my guides and my meditations were like, dude, you're not fucking listening. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you, you weren't supposed to go back. <laughs> yeah. Oh and my then, God. And then I went back and I'm like, oh, so I just quit. Well, I also yelled at my boss. It was kind of mutually agreed. It was like, all right, dude, you're not good here. Yeah. <laughs> so then I just, I was like, fuck it. And then I started just, I committed to the Reiki mm-hmm. that day forward. Like, I think that was four years ago. Wow. So do you um, do one-on-one like teacher trainings or what is your current Reiki? Like, where do you stand on Reiki uh, courses? So I did that for years before. I I started off as a Reiki practitioner. So I had people, I did single sessions or packages of sessions. Mm -hmm. I then studied with a Southeast Asian Indian sound healing master. And I studied that for another two, three years. So then I incorporated sound healing into my sessions as well. Mm-hmm. And I started to recognize patterns in people, depending on their condition and what they were going through. I, I to teach them how to use Reiki on themselves was really powerful. Um, to then help them with sound that can help entrain their frequencies was really powerful too, depending on the condition. I started to remove myself, and I was teaching Reiki courses as well. This was like over three years ago. Mm-hmm. And then something happened when I started to work with more people in multiple sessions. Like I, I stopped giving away single sessions. I'm like, you come here for six sessions or you don't come. Yeah. And then the people that committed to that, they made huge 180 degree turns in their own life. Wow. And when I stopped doing Reiki on people and I started to teach people how to do Reiki on themselves, I'm like, you, you get on my Reiki table, you place your hand on your heart. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to stand here and I'm going to teach you how to dive into your own energy, but I'm not going to do anything. I mean, Reiki, really, we're not really doing anything. We're just conduits for that person to dive into their own energy. So what if I stand back? And I found, for me, I'm a data person. Like I had hundreds of clients. I was like, more transformations, more changes in their marriage, more changes in their job, more changes in their perception of their world. 180 degrees or 90 degree turns in their life, no more band-aids. And I was like, that's it. I'm not going to do Reiki anymore. Yeah. My, I'm like, I'm going to, I developed a program through that. Like I actually scripted, I'm like, I found a formula that worked for my clients and me. Mm-hmm. Let's dive you into your heart. Phase one, let me help coach you out of the limiting beliefs. Phase two, now that you have clarity, phase three, now let's manifest the life you desire. And now I only work with people over three months over that program. That's it. Wow. So do you feel like there's a new wave of healing and healers? Like you've heard of the Aquarian age, right? Yeah, exactly. So do you feel like we move, we are, or have moved out of the Aquarian or the Piscean age? Yeah. And now we're, you know, you are your own healer, that Aquarian energy. 100. Even a lot of the top quote unquote healers I know have changed their websites and changed their marketing to be your own healer, that I'm going to teach you how to heal yourself, to recognize that there's no... See, if we're really going to understand oneness and separation and God is one and we are connected, mm-hmm. then everyone is capable of this. We're not special. We might just, at this moment, have more knowledge. We tapped into it in this timeline. 
but that's it. We're here to help teach people. I feel how to really like, you have this too. Yeah. You don't need me. Like I don't coach my clients for more than three or four months. I kick them out of my program. <laughs> no, really. Even if they want to pay, wow. like, can I still see them? Like, no, I taught you everything, you know, now go fucking do it. I push yeah. them off the cliff. And I'm like, you fine. You go off into it for three, four months. Then tell me if you need me. And most of the time, they, they email me back or we do another call in like three, four months. I'm like, yeah, let's catch up. They're like, oh, I didn't, I'm cool. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Look at that. You don't need me. You don't need any healer. It's always good for a, to tap in again, you mm-hmm. know, to entrain a frequency. Or a mirror. Or have a mirror. So I'll, I'll still see my guides and friends. Yes. Mm-hmm. But not as a crutch. Yeah. I love that. The way that. healers have operated, I think, since the 60s, the, I won't call it a mistake. It's a perfect arc. It needed to happen exactly the way it is. But we need to leave behind this idea that we are the healers and come see me and I'll be your healer. And you need to come see me regularly so I can be your crutch so you can see me for four years straight and still not fix your life. I don't mm-hmm. think that actually benefits anyone. Totally. It, it, it's kind of like what we were talking about, like uh, just like going to get a Reiki session every two months. It's yeah. kind of like just getting like a feel-good massage. They would, and because they're not working on their neural pathways. So that's yeah. the other part of the problem. So connecting to the divine is key. We mm-hmm. need to learn how to feel that heart energy, amplify it so we could lower our brain waves and tap into that one source. 100%. But that, to me, is stage one. The missing part is stage two. People are left feeling their feelings. And so many people have talked about this, about Reiki and energy healing, that people would go, and I've known so many people to experience this in online forums, they're talking about all the time, but now I feel more anxious or yeah. I feel more demons and I feel that my life is still not correcting. I'm still panicking. I'm like, yeah. Because now you're tapping into the shit you are hiding. (laughs) So it's beautiful. Now you need to reframe those beliefs, Mm -hmm. rewire the neural pathways, change your subconscious or transform your your subconscious conditioning. And that's the part that, you know, it takes the brain 21 days to begin to rewire a neural net. Wow. 21 days. Not that long, but still, it's like going to the gym. We stop. I haven't worked out in two weeks, man. It's like my abs, I had abs last month. They're fucking gone. (laughs) You know, I'm like, oh, I ate that tub of ice cream, vegan ice cream the other day. But it's like, yeah, it's like people need to do it consistently, rewire the beliefs so then they change a habit Mm. and then they change their life. Yeah, so what do you think about, um, these are just thoughts I'm always thinking Um, do you think, and I'm not trying to put down anybody who, you know, has depression or anxiety, because I have definitely been there. If not, I've spent most of my life there. So I'm not judging anybody. Do you, do you think our medical system does a really good job at diagnosing disorders instead of exploring the, that everything's just a response? Yeah. Right. They're keeping people in the condition, in my opinion, I will say this because my lawyer always tells me I'm not a medical practitioner can tell you how to get off your medication. Just going to say that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> it even says it in my contract with my clients. Yeah. Disclaimer don't, here, everybody. Disclaimer. Don't get off your medication. <laughs> We're not responsible for yeah, take, any advice your, you take. <laughs> talk to your medical professional for advice. Totally. My opinion as an individual, 
when we are dis-ease, when we have anxiety, we are not at ease with our mm-hmm. present situation. We're not at ease. We're diseased. That's the origin of the word disease. That's all it means. I'm not at mm-hmm. ease. So I'm 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 fixated on a past that is it doesn't exist anymore. There was a point in the past that I'm comparing my present moment to, and there's a distance. There's a disparity, or I'm fearing a potential future that hasn't even happened yet. Either way, I'm not in this moment. So I'm cradling the energy with emotions of focusing on a future that hasn't happened yet that I'm scared of, or something might happen, or a past that doesn't exist yet anymore because then I felt really good. Mm-hmm. And now I feel anxious. It's the disparity in that distance, the, the distance from this present moment that causes anxiety. And then what does the medical profession do? Let give me give medicine. you some drugs to suppress now, here's the interesting thing. One day I'll write a book on this because I have data and I want to work with a scientist on this because I record all my sessions. I think I've done, I was trying to do a loose count, over 1,600 sessions so far, wow. maybe close to 1,800, like a lot. And I'm like full on and I've recorded every session. I write down all the notes from every session and I know exactly in their application what drugs they're taking before and then you know what they need to do after. People who come in for, in my experience, at, at a too high level of Zoloft and these drugs, I actually can't take them on as clients because it suppressed the emotions so much that then wow. me trying to teach them how to feel their feelings, they can't feel shit. Wow. Or they take longer to go through my program. Instead of three months, they take six or eight. Whoa. And I, that's every person who's on a certain over like 10 milligrams of some of these drugs and I'm like, wow, that's interesting data. I'm, and I don't have it fully blown out yet. I want to mm-hmm. work with an analyst and a scientist in the future. But I'm like, this is suppressing people's emotions. And they know totally. that. that's yeah. what it's meant to do. Mm-hmm. But then now someone like us, I can't help them feel the emotions. That'll give them freedom. Totally. So we have to like, I have to work with their psychologist to ask them to reduce it slowly while I get them to feel more feelings in their heart then they reduce it slowly. This takes like a year. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, back and forth, reduce it slowly. And then like my ex-girlfriend, Renee, she's starting to get off of it. Wow. Right? Phil, you're doing so much work. So it's like, like and it's, I wish I was a scientist, but I need to work with someone that can actually study this shit. But yeah. it's like, it's not anxiety and depression too is again a comparison to a past that Mm -hmm. doesn't exist anymore and it's really when we learn to feel feelings and go through the darkness the problem is a lot of my clients were put on these drugs since they were a teenager whoa that's decades of suppressed feelings so of course they don't know how to deal with a a dark feeling is nothing but a dark feeling it's like oh i feel like shit It'll pass. Okay, let me learn how to deal with it. And with love to anyone who's experiencing that, that it's hard. Yeah, it's hard because you've been suppressing emotions through these drugs. You can't feel the feelings. So once you get off of it without learning about it, you're scared shitless. Mm -hmm. So you want to get back on it. Mm -hmm. Or then you work with someone like me and it takes like a year to like wean you off, wean someone off of it. So feel feelings. Ah! I'm scared. Okay, learn to feel it. It's just an emotion that is passing through you. You're, it's telling you something that you can learn to deal with and resolve. Good. Deep breath. We keep going. Then ask your psychologist to take down the medication. Wow. You're doing so much beautiful work. I love it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Ingrained with my own traumas. So. <laughs> 
Oh my God. So, um, what about like the human need for identity? Because along with the things I see in my friends and in old me, I used to hold and cling so tight to my identity as a depressed person or as somebody who has had an eating disorder because I feel like there's this human need for identity and it will, it will even cling to things that are negative, Mm. but don't you think, don't you think we can start to rewrite that? Is that part of what your work is, is rewriting? Yeah. Rewriting the like Reiki or again, I don't like using the word Reiki personally anymore, but tapping into your heart and your Mm biofield energy will first get you to feel more feelings. So that's the key, the beginning. Now that you feel more feelings, now the feelings will bubble up. So usually after week two or three of working with me, some people want to run. (laughs) And I'm like, nope, you signed a contract and prepaid, which is why now you're committed till the end. We finish this fucker. Like we finish. Yeah. Like, great. I I get the lasso. I bring him in. I'm like, great. Let's lean into the darkness. Lean into the shadows. Lean into the feelings. Now what perceptions of your world come up? Then the rewiring begins. Mm. Let's reframe your belief about that husband, about your children. Uh, You will feel the patterns energetically that were already happening underlying every action that you just weren't even aware of because now Mm -hmm. you're more sensitive to your inner energies, which create the emotions, which then inspire the thoughts, which create the actions. I had a client, a perfect analogy, a mother who just realized after three weeks of working together that the disarray in her home was caused by her. here's how and she didn't even know this she's like in the beginning she's like my kids are spoiled what they're running around they're fucking crazy i have to scream it builds up and i'm just full of rage all the time so then three weeks of tapping into her heart she starts to feel more feelings feel more energy within her as it comes up it doesn't build up she stops screaming at the kids but here's the thing i ask her what's the energetic signature of the room you're in right now like with your family what, what pattern are you witnessing? She's like, oh, my kids are spoiled. I'm like, okay, you know that. Why? <laughs> because they don't do anything. Okay, cool. Why don't they do anything? Why don't they help at home? Because I do it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> why, why do you do it? I do it because I want to control it because I don't think they can do it. So I do it first all the time. Then I'm left, then they're left with nothing to do. Then they grow up to be spoiled. Uh-oh, the sound just went out. I'm not muted. Oh, there you go. Okay, you're cool? Yeah. Um, so there was a client I had. I'll start that again. Oh, she's, she's just realized. She just, so she realized that, here's a perfect example, that her kids were spoiled. And the kids were spoiled and they weren't contributing at home and then she was always full of rage and she screamed at them. So this is how she started when, when we were working together. Then after three weeks of tapping into her heart, she realized with more feelings and sensitivity that she could, she could feel the energetic emotional patterns that caused that situation. Mm. So when we go into deep meditation, kind of like hypnosis, I ask her then when she's in her heart, when she's living within God, mm-hmm. her God, herself, I ask her, great, your kids are spoiled. Why? They're spoiled because they don't they don't do any of the housework or and then then i get angry great why because i do all the work great why do you do all the work because i want to control the situation why do you want to control the situation 
oh, it links back to conditioning when she was a kid of just wanting to have control because she doesn't trust anyone else to do anything mm-hmm. for her. So there's wiring. Mm-hmm. Then she creates that condition to begin with and she's finally aware that she was the cause of her kids being spoiled. She's the cause because she did the work for them out of a self, out of an issue within her own heart to want to be liked, to want to be pleased because other people weren't helping her when she was mm-hmm. a child. So she had to do everything herself. And there's the wiring to reprogram. Wow. And that's what Reiki and energy work won't do by itself. It, it just, it, it is a necessary first piece, 100. But then after that, someone like my client needs to re- realize that belief, that, that system that was integrating her brain. And now I'm like, can you release that thought that you need to please everyone? Because right now you have a full heart with the self-Reiki. Yes. Can you feel your full whole heart now? Yes. Does it need to be pleased by anyone but yourself? No. You're healed. You healed yourself. No. <laughs> so wait, is that done like in a hypnosis state? You can call it that. I mean, I do, the way I work with my clients, I'll take them into a deep meditation and then mm-hmm. ask them questions that they ask themselves. Okay. So yeah, it could be a form of hypnosis. Absolutely. I don't formally call it that, but yeah. But then I teach them to do it themselves. Yeah. To self-hypnotize, to self-induce them into a deep meditation themselves, and then ask their guidance, ask God. Ask. When they're in that state and then they're, they're open to receive, then they receive their own answers. So do you find that, um, working with negative thoughts that, um, you know, you and your clients are working with negative thoughts that they have within themselves that it's actually beneficial because I find a lot of like healers are almost afraid to explore shadow or like fears because they think it, they're going to manifest more. They're like, oh. only think positive only. Yeah, no, it doesn't yeah. work. It doesn't, in my opinion, I mean, I have data, like with all of my clients, it doesn't work. You can't, you know, I don't. I have 30 hours of modules in my 12-week program, and we work for 12 weeks. Not one module is on positivity. <laughs> I like that. Not one. Do you know why? Because when you overcome your demons, you have no choice but to be fucking happy. I don't yeah, need to teach you positivity. Totally. You're just you're happy. It's your natural like, state. It's your natural state. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to. Te- you don't need to read positive quotes. You just need to release <laughs> your attachment to the negative. Uh, associations and then you come out of it you're just elated you're exactly. like bliss right now good did i need to teach you that no go for yeah. it spread the love that's why it's like it's a people think it's a shortcut they look at it as like and with love this is again this is we're all in our process right and if a healer or practitioner is in that state they haven't confronted their own demons because they mm-hmm. want to stay in a comfort zone mm-hmm. i could say it's not that i'm better or worse I've been through a lot of demons. Yeah. My dad was schizophrenic. I could go on. Like the way I grew up with him yelling in the subway, he was that quote unquote homeless Aww. bum that would yell. And, 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 you know, last time I found him, he peed all over himself. It was just like, oh it's, my God. I grew up with in welfare housing. It's like, there's a whole, I went through a lot of trauma as a kid. And then let alone then my traumatic marriage, my disease, like I've been through so much personally that a lot of other practitioners I know that can't handle clients with more pain. I'm like, great, send them my way. I could deal with that. That's yeah. cool. I mean, with love. It's like, I'm like, I just, it's, it's, it's cool. So yeah, it just you have a depth. 
it. Yeah. And it yeah. just depends on where we're at. That's it. Totally. But for anyone experiencing it, you know, pain, trauma, anxiety, you, you can't mask it with positivity. Mm-mm. We have to feel that divine connection to our source and then learn to dissolve our attachment to what we perceive as negative, and then we realize mm-hmm. it actually was never negative. It was just an ebb to a flow. Yeah. Darkness needs, that's what the term, there is no light without the backdrop of darkness, so you need it. Uh-huh. So what is like energetically speaking and like talking about quantum mechanics, what is going on energetically when somebody is misaligned so when they're oh there's so many variables dimensions here on one human three-dimensional plane there's subconscious condition of the brain Mm -hmm. so if there's issues in their life and there's challenges coming up because they haven't learned it it's because they're repeating patterns and behaviors that started like i did or like you did like like my client did from when they're a kid And with every action, reaction, cause and effect, wires, conditions, and that runs 95% of someone's life, give or take. That's kind of been studied in the brain. It's like 95 plus percent of your decisions have already been wired. Mm -hmm. The way I react to someone, the way I act towards you, the way I speak, the way I may act towards if you say a specific word that triggers me, right? And so that's conditioning. Working with that on a, that's a biochemical, biological level. Now let's take it up a notch, level two. Energetically underneath that, though it takes emotions to rewire hormones or, or to release certain chemicals in the body. You have seven emotional like, glands in the body that release different chemicals to, to regulate body function and brain function. In the East, they call those chakras. In the West... They're just pineal gland, adrenal gland, you know, thyroid gland, gonads. These are, you know, it's all different quote unquote chakras and they release different chemicals based on your emotional state. So when I work on a chakra, I'm working on an energy center. Now, some people think that's bullshit. Great. Now let me get practical. On a deeper level, I'm working on an emotion. I'm working on resolving an emotion with my father, my anger towards my father, which causes an interesting issue in my thyroid or my throat chakra. You feel me? Or the, ang- the anger with the liver in Chinese medicine. Liver is known to hold anger and issues with imbalances in liver can be caused with anger. And people that don't understand the bridge, they don't, don't understand that, okay, anger causes hormonal deficiencies and chemicals to not be aligned and cause a deficient liver. So it's all regulated to emotion. So that's level two of understanding. Understanding that you're part of an ecosystem in your body biochemically. Now let's get quantum. Is this making sense so far? Oh yeah, I'm right there with you. Level three, quantum now. What do you think creates the energy? What do you think creates the emotion? An emotion is energy in motion. It's consciousness. It is energy itself expressing itself in various forms. So... When we can understand that on a quantum level, your atoms are 99.9999% empty space. That's the same empty space in outer space. It's just intelligence and the particles that live within it that we feel as solid matter, like this microphone. This is only 0.0001% of vibrational particles 
that are vibrating at such a density that it feels solid. Mm -hmm. There's nothing solid about it. When we can understand that in our bodies and our consciousness, then all I need to do is not fix the liver or on another second level, you know, on, on the outside, medical profession wants to fix the liver. Mm -hmm. let, me, let me do an operation. Let me give you some drugs to change it from the outside in. On a level two level, which is beautiful, holistic medicine. Let's rebalance it with some herbs and food and diet. Absolutely, 100%. So I can re-regulate the hormones, exercise, and resolve that. A level another stage with that is the energy of the emotion that causes the deficiency to begin with. Mm. When I can dive into the quantum and realign and harmonize the energy that the particles were around in, then the particles realign. Because now I'm realigning the soup. I'm realizing the energetic life force because I'm connecting to it. It's kind of like refragmenting an old hard drive for anyone who's as old as me. We don't have to do that anymore. But you had to change the zeros and ones on a computer mm -hmm. when it got fragmented. We're, when we're connecting to God and life force, we're defragmenting the hard drive and causing harmony in energy, which realigns the cells, which is how we can self-heal. Wow. So basically going to the root cause of it all and not just um, going to like the liver would be the last response of the, exactly. the dis-ease of yours. And this is how energy work, when we get deeper into it, like Dispenza, Dr. Dispenza is very good at now trying to demystify it and study this, right? He's wrote books like the or Dr. Lipton wrote The Biology of Belief. Dispenza wrote um, Becoming Supernatural. Mm -hmm. And they're all talking about this from a scientific level. Like, okay, we're studying thousands and tens of thousands of patients now that are diving into their energy, changing their brain waves, which changes biochemical functions, re-regulates hormones, and, and starts to heal cells in the body. It's pretty yeah. simple. So now people like you and me, we're like, great. I'm not going to start with the physical issue or even the mental issue. I'm going to start with the energy. You start with the core, it fixes itself. Yeah. Do you feel like with your clients or things you've read or anything you've experienced personally that trauma is kind of like stored in your body almost? Yeah, that's huge. Uh, somatic body work, I didn't mention actually, but that's actually... I did fail to mention that. That's actually the first stage of my work with my clients. Mm -hmm. Release, teaching them how to release tension in the body is stage one so they can feel more energy than dive into self-energy work. Dive into their energy. Because when we're building up pain, emotion, stress, anxiety, you can feel your body like go... Yeah. Your body gets into a biochemical fight or flight. Right? So what's, this is what's happening. So you're stressed. Your body doesn't care if that's someone with a gun or your boss saying, get, get, get your act together and fix that shit and send me that project by the morning. Or mm -hmm. your husband or wife yelling at you. Your body just looks at all of it as danger. Mm -hmm. So then the brain, this has already been studied. The brain is like, great, I'm going to release cortisol stress hormones to tell you you're in danger. So then the body gets tight, which informs you you're in danger. So now your body needs to protect yourself because now your body's in fight or flight because my body thinks I'm going to be attacked by two saber-toothed tigers. It's so fascinating. So now I'm hyper aware. My eyes are like shifty because I'm listening for like another tiger behind me. <laughs> there might be a tiger in front of me. But how do we deal with this in modern society? 
I'm now paying attention to my husband and our wife and how she's being a little shit. I'm paying attention to my kids and they're being a little shit. I'm paying attention to Twitter and the news and social media. And I'm obsessing because I'm so hyper aware because my body's in biochemical fight or flight, Mm -hmm. which is why I'm obsessing about so many negative things and I could get in that loop, right? Mm -hmm. It's crazy how we start that loop. When we can detach from that and release tension in the body first, a somatic body practice to realize that, oh, if I release tension in the body, I can biochemically biohack my brain to tell my body, Phil, you're safe. You're in a cave with a blanket. No one's chasing you. Cortisol dissolves. Dopamine kicks in. Now the body... When does the body repair itself? When you're safe. So it puts all the energy to your immune system. Then your immune system starts to kick in and heal you. And that's when you're self-healing. And Wim Hof has studied that too. So many breathwork practitioners have studied that. I was about to say, that's why Kundalini is so healing. Exactly. Because it gets you back to a parasympathetic state. Exactly. And it's they're all different processes doing similar things to release tension on a cellular level. So then you could feel more of the energy that you're made of. Mm -hmm. Then you can feel more feelings that you haven't resolved, which caused the tensions to begin with. And then you heal the cells, your body and your mind, and then you find God. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and realize you were God all the time, actually. Yeah. And yeah, let's talk about that because we were talking about that before we started recording. Um, because in religion, they talk about like becoming one with God and the body of Christ. But um, what is going on in a person whenever they feel like they're feeling God's presence or they're one with God, like Mm. the Holy Spirit? Well, well, it's like that they've called it the God particle or the God, you know, when when you're in deep states of meditation or prayer. And Dr. Dispenza studied this and he's done brain scans like of people to act like what happens when they're in that deep state and it fires all these different pathways in the brain. The brain just lights up like they're in bliss. Mm-hmm. but they're also not connected to time. So it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're not connected. Like the, the, the part of the brain that measures time is like shut off, but then every other center is sh- turned on. That's so cool. When you're connected to that state, and if we take a deep breath and just release tension in the body, and we start to lower the brain waves, we start to dive into the empty space that space is made of. You dive into that soup of life. You dive into that life force. Then that's when everyone feels like after yoga and savasana or through these deep meditations, Mm -hmm. you feel, people say it all the time, like millions of people all over the world, you feel that connection. Like it feels like a oneness, like a weighted weightlessness of consciousness where people could take psychedelics or ayahuasca to try and and train the brain as a shortcut to feel it, right? LSD, mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And when you feel that, 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 that feeling, that is the feeling of God that we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. That is the feeling of connection, of oneness, of divinity, of peace. It is our most easeful state. It is our most connected state. It is our most natural state when we take the conditioning of the human out of it. Mm-hmm. So that's the work. It's like when we practice that meditation or prayer consistently, we lower the brain waves. We shut off different centers of the brain. We activate other centers and then we ignite that dimensional connection where then we can recognize and feel the truth. What every philosopher, prophet, 
people who wrote the Bible and wrote the Quran, wrote the Bhagavad Gita, wrote, you know, Buddha, everyone on Instagram, every healer now who's a prophet now, we're all prophets. It's like recognizing, oh, we're all God. We're all God expressing itself. We are, if that 99.99% of us is the soup within us, and the particles are actually made of it anyway, the 0.001% as well, 100% of you are made of it, then that's why they said, you are God. I am God. Because I'm an expression of God. And if I am perceiving my life now, hopefully I don't lose anyone with this, if I'm perceiving my life now, then my perception of my world is my universe. Whose universe? Yes, that's what I wanted to talk about next. (laughs) (laughs) Like what universe are we in? Like whoever's listening to this, you're listening to my voice from your angle and your perspective. Natalie's in Texas now listening to me and I'm listening to her from Brooklyn. Whose world are we living in? Exactly. And it, and it's really trippy. It's like, <laughs> we're all just living in our own realities. So I, I always say, and it kind of cracks me up when I say it, your story is your story. My story is my story, but we're all living in the same world, but we all think our one way of living is so correct, but it's correct for us. And but it's not, but it's not correct, but it is correct. And yeah. it, this is just where my mind goes. I'm like, I, I just it. go, <laughs> I, I go it. down this rabbit hole of like, everybody's right. And everybody's wrong. Every, you know what I mean? Which is why in spiritual circles, we say it's perfect. And some people, when they're not understanding the full depth of what we're saying, this is what it means. Mm-hmm. If my perception of my life is mine and your perception of your life is yours and everyone listening to this has their own perception of a life, then each of our perception is right because it exists. Mm-hmm. And because it exists, it is one perception of God. So we are all perceiving different perceptions of God. So we're at once individual. We're at once connected. We feel detached only when we realize that there's no separation. And even when I've been here too, when I used to judge people of like, well, my way is right, Reiki's right. Or some Christians are like, with love, they're like, oh no, Reiki's for the devil or yoga's (laughs) for the devil. Truth, like I'm going to Christians. But that here, if we dive into this concept deeper, and I I grew up Muslim and Roman Catholic, Iraqi and Filipino, like fuck. When I read (laughs) both of them, and I'm like, mom, dad, they're talking about the same thing. They're like, no, not really. I'm like, no, yeah, I can open up pages. Like, and yeah. it's like, hello. And it's like, when we judge another religion, we don't actually understand that each, it's actually all connected. There is no separation. And judging a religion is separation. Yeah. And I mean this actually, I want us to dive in deeper to what that means. Not just on a surface level, it's no separation because we're all together yeah. in the world together. I mean, no, energetically, if I am an expression of God, and I'm experiencing my world within God, and you are experiencing your world, then we're both right, because we're both one. So there is no separation. This is what the depth of namaste means. The God in me sees the God in you. So your expression within this existence is perfect, because you are experiencing life from one vantage point of God. And I am experiencing life from one vantage point of God. So it's at once in union and it's at once separate. It's so beautiful. Then I can be, we can then be fully accepting of anyone's view because we understand. Yeah. 
for your level of consciousness, it's right for you. Exactly. Wherever we are. And that's it. It's just an expression of our consciousness. Yeah. I mean, we can then get into the fact that this might be a hologram. <laughs> oh, that, that's exactly what I wanted to talk about next. <laughs> so there we go. You're like, glowing, you're like glowing green, purple, and blue right now. Oh, there you go. I love it. Um, read me, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I had this experience on flower essences that I, ha- I had to stop taking them because I, I kind of talked about it on Jen's episode, but basically my other friend Jen made me this essence and it's like energy healing in a bottle. And, um, she was, I was working on my trauma and then I was like, you know, I feel like I'm the medicine woman of my family, of my tribe. So let me just like work on like past generational trauma too, while we're at it and let's just Mm. get right into it. And, um, yeah, I guess it was like me being a little arrogant and my friend Jen was like, yeah, you know, you, you do this work often. I feel like you can handle it. So she made me like, she was throwing extra essences <laughs> and we're just like, <laughs> so I ended up taking this essence for a week and I swear I would blink and I've never used the word hologram or matrix or anything like that. Like I already knew like a lot of like, what's the point? Like, everything's kind of fake. Like, that that was my mindset then. But I had, like, a full-blown experience of, like, this is all so fake. Uh, this is all a hologram. I didn't even really know what hologram meant. No. And we are in... People are just living in the matrix. They're like, what do you want for McDonald's? Like, I was in the airport. <laughs> <laughs> I, was in, I was in the airport. So there's a McDonald's and, like... You know, people are just so like living in their dramas, not knowing that they have, you know, power over their situations and that they can call on God. Like, I don't know. It's just, I just had this like life changing experience on those essences, Mm -hmm. but then I'd blink and then I'd go back and then to throw, you know, to take this further, to keep in mind, I'm in the airport. I go into the bathroom and I'm like... Oh my God, I'm a human. Like what? <laughs> this is solid. Like I was like touching myself, like kind of like having a kind of a breakdown, but also like a trippy breakdown. It was really weird. But anyways, yeah, we're in a hologram. Awesome. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's like, well, here, here's a couple ways to perceive this. If anyone's interested in this timeline or this potential reality. I mean, what do we know? I like to swing between what do we we know? know? And I I don't like, personally, I don't like the word belief. I actually teach my clients, let's take the word out. Because a belief is just a thought you keep agreeing with. It's not truth. So all I care, exactly. All I care is for my clients to feel their version of truth. Mm -hmm. That's it. I don't, but I realize at the end, everyone feels the same version of truth. Which is we're all connected and, yeah. we're all, and it doesn't even need to be labeled. Yeah. Because when it's yours, why do I need to label it? Yeah. Just teach everyone to feel it for themselves and there's no label. So that said, the human side of me, because I kind of, this won't get weird for your viewers, for your listeners, I know, but I kind of jump between 3D realm, 4D and 5D. That's mm-hmm. where I am right now. I'm literally like skipping, I'm hopping between each, learning from each and I'm taking from 5D to teach 4D. I'm taking from Mm -hmm. 4D to teach 3D. And I'm just kind of going back and forth for my own exploration of consciousness. Mm -hmm. How do I get here? Hologram. If my perception of my world is mine right now, 
then no other world exists for me because you exist in my world mm-hmm. and I exist in your world, but I don't know your world. I can't experience your world. So right now you're just in my world. So right now I'm experiencing one eye of God. And this is when you see those drawings, those psychedelic drawings of many mm-hmm. eyes on a head. Mm-hmm. Oh, or yeah. even Or the thousand-petaled lotus. This mm-hmm. is where it all comes from. Or even in Eastern mysticism, you know, like a, like a thousand eyes on a globe, right? Mm-hmm. It's, that's that's, that's a, a, a kind of dimensional drawing of what I'm talking about. That mm-hmm. feeling of God has a million eyes, infinite eyes. And we're just all these different eyes of God. When we can feel that as a truth... Because no one can deny that when you tap into it. I can't deny that. I can't, there's not even anything to prove. It's like, well, it is my perception. It is my, it's like we're all speaking at the same time. Yeah. Like God has 7 billion voices on this earth, not even including the animals and plants and consciousness itself, but just to illustrate a point, and that's 7 billion eyes, 7 billion perceptions of one entity. When we can feel that, then we can, that's where the concept of like, it's a hologram because my feelings, everything lives in my mind. And fine, in the body, in the meat sack of this human animal, we measure the brain, we cut the brain, we, 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 we recognize there's chemicals and neurons and electrons and processes and frequency and waves. But all of those are just dimensional variances of energy within something. It's these we're measuring things that we can measure within a container, some kind of infinite container. And then this is where the concepts of, oh, wow, wow, that infinite container could very well just be a projection. Mm. And I don't mean literally when we're saying this, it's not like it's literally like a little project. Well, yeah. kind, of, kind of is. But I mean, to get deeper into it, if I am projecting and experiencing this consciousness and experiencing with you, Natalie, right now, then this is my projection of my world. And if 99.99% of me isn't even here, it's assembling itself through intelligence. Mm -hmm. And if that is assembling itself through intelligence, then what is assembling it and putting it together and dissolving it and putting things together and dissolving it? It's like this algorithm that creates an image. This is where the term in God, you know, Yo, what's the term in the Bible? Do you know? God's image? God. Oh, we were made in God's image. I- image. Yeah. And a lot of people think, well, that's the human. A lot of, you know, think some that's people our think. Consciousness. Exactly. It's like an image in your mind. God in God's image, in God's imagination. Mm-hmm. We are imagination expressing itself. I am part of a hologram, which means my perception of my world is mine alone. And if I see the world as disharmonious and the world is ending, And that's my version of my world. Mm -hmm. But I don't have to see that. I could live in a new world, which means it is up to me to be a creator of my world. Yes. And I could create a whole new world. And that's where magic comes in. You see it in movies and it's like, oh, hold on. I could actually create a new world. Like literally Mm -hmm. create a new world. And that's where it gets kind of otherworldly and dimensional. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I also think that's part of... It's so ingrained in, you know, obviously who you are, but it's also ingrained in the work you're doing because mm-hmm. you're showing people to create their own world and to tap into their own version of God and consciousness. And yeah, 
I think it's, your your work is like a lot deeper than just a mindset mindset coach. <laughs> it's funny, you know. I, I'm wrestling with that, and it's because as we we're all rising in consciousness right now with everything mm-hmm. that's going on. Given we're we're collapsing timelines, we're diving deeper into consciousness. Everyone has to dive deeper into their deeper into their self and introspection, and then with that, they have to discover who they are, who they are, and discover their God self. I, we're all evolving too. You're evolving. I'm evolving. I speak to people at their level of consciousness to get them out of it if they choose. I can't do the work for them. I am not here to change anyone's life. I'm not here to heal anyone. I'm merely here to be an expression of consciousness. And if people want to experience something, then I'm here to give them that experience. But I give them the vehicle. When it comes to the work and describing what I do and who I work with, it's like I I offer... A path. It's like I've designed, I know how the car is designed, or I've, I've learned and discovered a way that the, the universe, the, the car is designed. I teach them that. And I also teach them to drive the car themselves. Mm-hmm. So then they realize that, and in the end, they realize that, oh, they designed the car. Mm-hmm. Ooh, they are the car. Holy fuck. They are God. It's like, it's just a pathway to get them there. So when I speak to people, even in some of my marketing, it's like, it's an interesting duality I live in. On one hand, I speak to people where they're at because I know they know they're, they're asking themselves, they want to get to someplace else. Mm-hmm. They want to feel that one consciousness. They want to feel how they affect that dimensional life. And they realize that their business and the relationships and money actually never even fucking mattered. Like, I, I admit I use that as bait because if they're at that dimensional level of consciousness, that's all they care about. Yeah, I can't talk about... This is when some people think, you know, spiritual people are too sterile because they're like, well, I'm still full of anxiety, motherfucker, and I still don't have money in my bank, motherfucker. And it's like, okay, great. I can't talk about one consciousness, God, and let's all be one. They're like, well, fuck you. I still am in this three-dimensional world. Yeah. So I speak to them in their dimensional world and then offer them a path if they choose to do the work themselves. I just offer them a path and they do the work themselves. They walk the path themselves. And then they discover in the end, sure, they end up making more money because they're aligned. Sure, their relationships definitely get aligned because they're living in wholeness and expressing themselves truthfully. Yes, but the final product, they realize they are God. And yeah. they realize it didn't matter all along. It's just, a, it's just an expression of life. Yeah. It's wow. trippy. It is. It's so trippy. No, it totally does. It's just, I'm kind of having my bl- mind blown slash thinking of times where I've experienced this as well. Mm, but um, just, you know, after having taken shrooms, um, uh, just thinking like everything's connected. Like I start loving myself. I start treating my body better. Um, and then I start watching the words I say, and then that affects whoever I'm speaking to and say, like, I also inspire my mom to start taking care of her body. And then she inspires my sister. And then it's just like a ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. You know, you get to a stage with it after we overcome the conditioning, Mm -hmm. after we overcome the anxieties and pains, because we dissolve the the beliefs about ourselves. After we find that connection to oneness, after we realize, oh, I can, all of this is helping me make more money, helping me build a business, helping me live my purpose, that's still three-dimensional. What you are tapping into now is beyond that, is, oh, there are patterns here. 
Yeah. Where those little things actually don't matter as much because now I could just, if I want to change an effect, I change the energy of the cause. And now I'm just flowing within an energy and changing it. And then the third phase after that, you and I talked before this call, is then what if we live in a world where I actually don't even desire anything? Meaning, I'm not saying I'm not going to create things. I want to, I'm a creator. We are creators. But at this stage now, the soup that I'm personally living in and teaching some clients to tap into, to just live in God. Ooh, yeah, I love that. Where I'm just embodying wholeness whenever I feel I'm out. And even when I'm out, there's no tension. I'm like, okay, I'm out. Let me go back in. Mm-hmm. Or let me choose to stay out. I'm conscious now. I'm like, I'm going to choose to stay out and drink a couple of beers. Yeah. I'm going to like, and then I, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling out for a couple of days. Let me work out, clean my body, meditate longer. Let me dive into wholeness. But I'm actually now at a point where it's not about my business. It's not about a relationship. It's not about money and paying rent. Those things take care of themselves. When I just embody wholeness and God and oneness. Because when I embody that, the highest timeline of that existence exists within that reality. So I just create it. It's easy. Mm -hmm. I don't even, no vision boards, no manifestation. (laughs) I've never been into vision boards. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah. But uh, do you feel like that's another way of saying this is Obviously, living in flow with God, but also non-attachment. Yes, that's can, where non-attachment comes from. Okay, because I had this experience after my Reiki Master course, doing a lot of Kundalini and um, having taken mushrooms. Um, I had like no attachment to anything. Like I was like, I don't really, but it was almost kind of scary. Mm. <laughs> can you kind mm. of explain how yeah, it can be so scary? It can be Trippy. so that's no no that's a that's a beginning stage of learning about that oneness and non-attachment. So mm. it's it's a necessary stage. Cuz when you start to learn about that you your your consciousness, I'm going to get really trippy now. Your consciousness wants to experience and always expand. Mm-hmm. Your consciousness always wants expansion. Mm-hmm. That's it. And when you aren't expanding it is, that's when we feel diseased, mm. right? Does that mm-hmm. make sense? So now your consciousness wants to experience non-duality. Your consciousness wants to feel no separation. Your consciousness wants to feel nothing, not the nothingness of unattachment. So now you start to feel it, but you're still tethered subconsciously to a dimensional world where you have things oh, okay. and you have love. And you, you want love and you mm-hmm. want things and you want money for rent next month and you want this disease and crisis to be over and you want to get back to seeing your friends and you want things naturally. So there's attachment in your old conditioning and non-attachment in the new conditioning. And that's when we get in fear mode because we're like, oh, well, I don't want to give that up yet. I don't or, know if I'm ready. Yeah. And then we get in despair or, or then we get lost in unattachment. We're like, okay, let me dive into unattachment and then I don't want anything and then I don't create anything. I'm not making any money. We see many people living here. Let me just float around the world for years and not (laughs) manifest anything because I don't need anything. And that's a beautiful stage. Yeah. It's necessary. Nothing wrong with it. It is what it is. It's necessary. Then that's when we're living with an energy, like living and embodying the energy without intention, without any focus or Mm. or on on a desire because we want to be unattached. So we live in peace. We manifest things as they come up. It's easy. But 
if we want to push the needle further, if we do, you have to reintroduce conscious intention. You now have to think of a new desire to entrain a new frequency and then let go of the desire. There's the mastery. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a tricky, do you feel me? Yes. And I feel like in my experience, I, I began to panic and I started to force things into my mm. reality. But now I feel like I have this guidance system in my body and it's a physical experience that is like when it's misaligned, I start to feel a lot of tension in my heart space. Yeah. Yeah. And then and your the opposite, it happens whenever I feel aligned. It's like this energy takes over me and it feels super nat well, supernatural, but also extremely yeah. natural. Whatever yeah. I'm doing, it feels like this natural force is just moving through me. Oh, so perfect. I feel like almost like physical sensations. I mean, obviously it's God and like my higher self aligning with God, but these physical sensations have been my driving force now yeah. since well, I experienced that unattachment. They're your bat signals. They're your intuition. Mm -hmm. And you've been training your body to feel that as signals so you could listen. You feel into God, feel the truth that you are God, an expression of God. God is not outside of you. We are an expression of it. We live through it. And then we feel the signals of what is it telling me? It, it's no longer, if as long as we're, here's a concept to feel into. When we're embodying the energy of expansion, and if everyone can like feel that emanating from your body and you're, you're just resonating with expansion, not stasis, not status quo, not comfortability, not like let me stay where I am, but the energy of expansion, then expansion will always create greater opportunities for you, more abundance, more love, because you're asking for it energetically. Mm -hmm. This is when we don't need to attach to the desire anymore. We just feel... I'm one with God and I'm feeling expansive and whatever my heart will align with. Like Philip does, the, the body of Philip, the consciousness of Philip does like certain things. <laughs> like compared to others, I mean, yeah. I have, you have discernment. Like, yeah, you, you like love motorcycles. That. Exactly, you love that dress. I'm not going to wear a dress, maybe on some <laughs> nights, different thing. But you know, like <laughs> I'll wear this jacket, you might not. It's like we have discernment. So it's like, but I don't need to worry about the discernment anymore once I can get beyond after that stage of unattachment where I get kind of lost in it mm -hmm. is the stage of unattachment, but with discernment. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I like that. And that's when we introduce, so it's all a play of masculine and feminine, you know, feminine energy, masculine consciousness. When we're one with everything and unattached, we've removed masculine consciousness to just feel one with the energy, which is beautiful. Mm -hmm. most of society we're so much i'm moving my right hand here we're so much in masculine consciousness for hundreds of years right thousands mm -hmm. of years and what's happening in society shit show mm -hmm. too much masculine logic consciousness let me make things work let me force things not enough feminine energy so then we have a feminine resurgence mm -hmm. what's happening in this pisces realm now is now ever since i think the new age right it's like feminine energy has come back in the aquarian yeah, the Aquarian, feminine energy coming back in. Now is a new energy of now let's rebalance the masculine. Mm. You have practitioners like me, even more male practitioners, and not only male, like even I think of Jen having a good balance too of masculine oh, yeah. energy. 
within embodying the feminine, there she's a new balance too. You feel that? Like Mm -hmm. Jen is a feminine, powerful, divine, beautiful woman. She's also has masculine energy of helping her clients focus and get out of too much feminine energy where there's, Mm -hmm. they can find new harmony. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Wow. So, you know, living in this state of unattachment, um, you know, we talked about basically the difference between going with the flow and living in flow. When you're mm. going with the flow, um, you're you're living a little bit kind of like, what is it? What word were we using when you're going with the flow? You're not being... Um, uh, when you're, 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 well, you're going with the flow of your subconscious conditioning. That's what's happening. Like you're with your programming. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you're not, you don't have, what was I trying to say earlier? It was like, when you're going with the flow, you're kind of being um, passive. Yeah. On one hand. It, so it's going with the flow to do it. I don't, I don't I hate using the word right, but for a lack of a better term, to be more effective in someone's life. Going with the flow is a level of mastery after they've mm-hmm. resolved a lot of subconscious conditioning. What happens when people haven't are, are still living with the programming of the mind in the human of the conditions they grew up with and the decisions they made that weren't good for them or didn't benefit them in some way? Well, it always benefited you. That's another thing, but well, that's a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. But you know, when people still feel like they're in scarcity and lack or they're still hit a ceiling in their income, or they're like, why am I always repeating the same relationships? Why am I making money than losing money? Why is it always going up and down? Why do I never break that ceiling? They haven't, they're going with the flow of the conditioning of their mind. Okay. So they're going with the flow of the cap of their fears, the cap of their strengths, the cap of what they're comfortable with. And then they go within that flow because they haven't resolved the subconscious conditioning in the human so that's why people continue dating the same kinds of people. They could be in their 40s and 50s still repeating the same mistakes. I have clients that are very spiritual, meditate all the time, have read all the books I read, blah, 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 dove in for years, take ayahuasca. They have beautiful, peaceful hearts. They're still living in a lack. There's still lack of abundance. The relationships are still damaging. They haven't rewired their brain yet. Mm. They've been comfortable. Almost like sometimes spirituality can help you cope in a good mm-hmm. way. But then it, there's a point where you need to work a little harder and introduce masculine discernment and consciousness. And they're like, no, 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 I'm good with it. I'm accepting. I'm accepting everything as it is. But then they still can't pay their rent. Yeah. Right? So it's like when there's that level of flow, that's when we're flowing with the conditioning in our mind. And once we overcome that, then you're free. Then you can catch... The energy as it comes up when, oh, here's a conditioning that's coming up. Nope. Let me push a little harder, introduce ma- masculine en- consciousness into so feminine energy. <laughs> and then boom, now let me go make more money. Let yeah. me go, now let me find a different flow. Now let me charge more for my services. Now let me sell more packages. Now let me contact more people and, and, and serve with more love, resonate with the wholeness. And then now I break from my conditioning. Now I can flow. Mm. now I can truly flow because I've overcome the conditioning. Okay. So what are some like day-to-day tools that somebody could say they're living too much in their feminine and they're kind of like spiritually bypassing and being a little bit passive. What are some like easy ways somebody could begin to step into their masculine and maybe make some changes in their life? 
So lean into the discomfort. Mm. And if it makes you uncomfortable, when, when people are, again, no judgment, we've all been here, but when someone, if someone feels a, this specific challenge of, I'm going with the flow, but I want to keep everything easy. I don't, I, I don't want to talk about negativity. Let's only talk positivity, but I still can't pay my rent and I'm 40 years old or in my 30s and I'm still not living a responsible financial life or some issues with love. When we're in that overly, or I don't want to use the word overly, when we're in that accepting loving place, that's, that's the main issue. They're accepting because they hit a ceiling of comfort and they're like, ooh, that feels negative. I don't want to talk about that. I feel that in my body. Let me accept where I am. Mm. Let me accept where I am. Let me accept you for you. You didn't pay me. That's okay. Have it for free. I'm comfortable with this. So now I'm at ease and it's okay because I'm one with God. And that is the truth. I can't argue with that. There's nothing wrong with that. That is their truth within their consciousness and their experience. But if they desire to, yes, overcome that, if that is a desire, they need to lean into the discomfort and feel it more. Mm. Oh, that's uncomfortable. Oh, now that's informing me that I'm in a loop. The discomfort is a red flag or it's called a yellow flag. It's like, you can break through this discomfort now, but then now they have to have conscious choice. How yeah. now make a choice. Now I need to break through this discomfort. This, this person, this client hasn't paid me yet. Let's talk about healers. You know, oh, but I gave it away for free. I'm giving away free sessions during this crisis and I want to give to humanity, but I still can't pay rent next month. So why am I doing that? Is that because I want to be good to humanity? Am I serving myself? If I'm out of business and can't pay rent, then who am I working with? Who am I yeah. helping anyway? So then it's like we got to lean into the discomfort and then make a add masculine consciousness and come up with a solution mm-hmm. to then solve that problem. And usually that that requires a masculine logic. Yeah. That usually makes us uncomfortable because we're in feminine energy, because we've also been conditioning ourselves to heal. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason most healers or many healers may be in this state, quote unquote healers, I use that word because everyone's a healer. But the reason anyone that may identify that may be in this state is because they're going through healing. Why else would someone need to go in through so much feminine energy and dive into the, you know, their heart for years? Because just like I did as a kid, we went through a lot of trauma. Yeah. I'm not actually here to heal people. I'm here to heal myself. That's how I started Reiki. It wasn't because mm-hmm. I wanted to be a healer. And I'd say most healers, give or take, have felt this too. Yeah, for like, sure. I'm going through trauma. I need to process this shit. Mm-hmm. This is my universe. And then we identify with it. That's a whole other podcast. But yeah, it's like, yeah. It's, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And, you know, to break it down for like a lot of other people who I feel like a lot of my listeners are girls that have dating issues too. Uh, And it's the same thing. It's like, if you're just sitting there, like trying to manifest a new outcome with your partner, like if I just think more positive, if I, you know, if I'm just nice, accept him more, he's still an alcoholic, not working on himself at the end of the day. So you do need to make some changes, change the environment, you know, and it, that also is when it comes with a lack of our own, you know, with love to everyone on this path. I've been there too, a lack of self-worth. We don't think we're worthy of more mm. or we don't think we deserve more. 
or we're just going to cope with what we're comfortable with because we don't think we can get anyone else or anyone else would love us. Yeah. So then we try and accept the other person so much to control a situation from the outside. We're trying to change him, which causes more discourse. Yeah. We're actually not loving that person fully because we're not allowing them to find love fully. Mm-hmm. And that has more to do with our own insecurities and our own traumas, you know, and with love for anyone experiencing our own detachment to ourself. Yes. We're detached in that stage, a young woman or, or whoever your listeners are, uh, even myself, I was like that. I was, I was detached from myself because no, I didn't feel like my dad loved me. Mm-hmm. So I felt unworthy with any male uh, authority figure. And then I felt that lack and I got kind of disembodied. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Who wants to live in their body or think about themselves when no one loves them? Mm-hmm. Why would I do that? I'd feel more pain. Totally. So then I latch on, in this case, these young women latch on to a guy. They're like, oh, I don't want to feel my pain, so you fulfill me. Yes. Oh, but we're not a match. Oh, and we're fighting all the time. But I don't want to feel into my pain right now, so let me love you more. Meaning, mm-hmm. let me pacify this. Let me cope with it. Let me accept you. I'm going to love you more. I'm taking Reiki. I love <laughs> you more for you. Yeah. And I mean that with love. I yeah. Mean, I know. No, but it's like, that's the harder work to mm-hmm. love yourself. Ooh, this is what I say to my clients who are experiencing it. To love yourself so much, so much in this now moment, the only moment that exists, that you do what your heart desires. And not out of selfishness, out of self-love, because you are God expressing itself. And when you do that, first and foremost, Mm -hmm. you then fill your heart with more love. You feel more wholeness and you find a partner who's attracted to you because you're emanating wholeness and then you have a whole relationship. Yeah, and I feel like whenever you're not acting from that space, you're not, not only are you not loving them for who they are, but you're not being authentic to yourself. So the, basically the, the foundation of that relationship isn't even authentic. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It didn't, it, and because we're not being, yeah, we're not being honest with ourselves. So true. Yeah. Beautiful. So um, <laughs> I know. I'm glad you and I both have gotten out of those relationships. It's they're teachers. They're teachers. They are teachers. You know, at another level, you know, for anyone experiencing that, on the other side of that is this uh, to give someone hope or just to feel into a new frequency, new potential for someone. When you emanate that level of wholeness in yourself, your whole life is a game changer. Mm-hmm. You do everything for you and you have such a full heart that then you continue to give. The fear is we don't want to be selfish. We think it's selfish, mm-hmm. right? To think of ourselves. But on the contrary, my favorite analogy is like when the plane is crashing, what are you going to do? Put the mask on you first, not your child. Yeah. That's it. Self-love. Self- this is self-love. Bottom line, if I had to say two words, what all this is about? Self-love. Yeah. Love yourself so deeply that you're filled with love that you give it to others. Love yourself so deeply that you're filled with love that you attract someone who loves you for that love and you create mm-hmm. loving experiences in your life, your business, your relationship, your mission, and for the earth. And that's it. Yeah. And like, even thinking like physically what it feels like in your body, like whenever you are in a relationship that is whole, it feels like there's just so much more ease and flow versus the relationship that's not right for you. It's like 
tension and like walking on eggshells and like not being able to speak your truth like physically like the two are just so different you feel free Mm -hmm. at that point you feel completely untethered and that's when you can live in wholeness and an attachment and then you have a conscious relationship where there aren't really any arguments they're just discussions of like "Mm, not sure how that felt this is how i'm telling you this in the moment would you mm-hmm. be open to listening? Like the relationships I have now are so healthy. It's obscene. <laughs> They're like, almost too healthy. Whoa, I'm just kidding. There's a, do I want a little fight? I don't know. But it's like... This like is stage different. a fight? Stage a fight. Um, no, you can still have polarity. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's a whole other issue in relationships is polarity. I could, we could talk about that another time. We should talk about one just relationships, actually. Yeah, I would love that because I feel like that's something I am forever... That's something that just has tripped me up for a while in a lot of girls my age. So that would be Mm. really helpful. Yeah, I could dive into that for like another hour easy. It's all polarity to give someone a nugget. I don't want to get too deep. But if you think of energy as polarity, a successful relationship is where someone is a polar energetic force to you. And then there's Mm -hmm. synergy. But you're both whole, but you're part of a, 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 a synergistic line. Like there's a scale, mm-hmm. right? And then, but you're both whole and then there's, there's a lot of polarity. So there's more magnetism. When there's not as much polarity between the feminine and the masculine, and I don't, that's, that's for any, 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 any variation within the scale. It's not just for men and women and mm-hmm. heterosexual and, and homosexual for any scale, it's there's still energy between the feminine and masculine within scales. And when we can understand that energetic force, if there's not, if, if my hands are really close together and there's not much polarity, that's when you have kind of inert relationships. Good or inert? What, what inert. Like they're kind of like, eh, it's okay. We're oh, together because okay. it's convenient. Okay. There's not much attraction. There's not much. We're, it's kind of like status quo. Mm-hmm. And many of us choose these comfortable relationships, but we need a healthy dose of polarity to have that attraction and continue to work on it. Wow. And there's so there's a, we can talk next time. There's a whole energy behind the masculine and feminine within an infinite scale for anyone that identifies within any spectrum mm-hmm. to still understand, to then build and, and create a healthy relationship. Wow. So that, you know, um, we'll, we'll definitely talk about this later, but there is like one of the top relationship psychologists in the United States says the couples that, um, not like aggressively fight, but I would say there's, they're so polar opposite, not opposite. It's not the right language, but, um, basically they have the most conflict are usually the most healthy. I don't yeah. mean conflict in the way, you know, you immediately think of like unhealthy conflict, Yeah. but um, because they share, I guess it is a mixture of passion and that balance of energies. That, that, it, that is polarity. Exactly. Yeah. It's conflict. And it, again, it doesn't have to be defined as conflict, but there's, there's energy that creates a lot of learning yeah. and balance. Because without contrast, I can't learn. And the more we can learn together in a symbiotic relationship, the more we both grow and the more both we still have sexual attraction and we could work on that and that ebbs and flows. We can still have physical attraction and and mental attraction and it will always magnetize because there's always polarity, Mm -hmm. right? And I've been in relationships where there wasn't much polarity because we just wanted something comfortable or maybe we were physically attracted, but energetically it was kind of inert. And then those relationships... 
I realized I was in them for a long time out of codependence, mm. but there was no polarity. Yeah. And I was doing that out of comfort and no polarity is comfortable. And Whoa. I'm doing that because of trauma. Mm-hmm. I could get deep into Tra- that. So. Yeah. We should definitely make an episode or yeah. like a, something about this. Let's do that next time. That'll yeah. Work okay. So this is a lot. I know. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, I still have more, but I won't go. I feel like I, I will just be burnt out for the rest of the day yeah. if I keep going. But um, just some fun questions. If you were from a star system, like if you're a star seed, <laughs> which one do you think you're from? You know, I'll be honest with that question. I don't align with that personally. Mm-hmm. I'm in my perspective, from my aspect, we are all one consciousness, so there are no star seeds. Because we're just one consciousness. If that's anything we identify is merely a story within our hologram. Nothing that's true. Wrong so about basically, it's just like, I like feel- what if I told you there is no star system? <laughs> isn't it? No, like, isn't it fascinating that the more science grows, the more we discover the universe is expanding, but it's expanding because our consciousness is expanding. So all we're doing is viewing ourselves. Oh my God, Phil. <laughs> so who the fuck? There's no fucking star system. There's no star seed. There's no other alien. It's just reflections of us. Mm-hmm. All of it. Ooh, dig into that. <laughs> Mind blown. So uh... <laughs> everyone's going to be like, but I think I'm a Palladian. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a reflection of your own consciousness. Do but don't you think exist? it's just another thing for us to attach to? No, our identity? All... There's nothing wrong with it. To me, our, here, uh, we need another, we need three podcasts. <laughs> our, here, well, 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 this is going to be a trailer for people for future episodes for you. Arcturians, okay. Palladians, Greys, you know, I'm sure maybe your people like jive with the star seeds from another star solar system. It's no different than Natalie or Philip. Do you feel me? Yeah, and all the they're, definitions are the same. They're just identities of expressions of our consciousness. That's it. So mm-hmm. do they exist in the frequencies within the hologram? Yeah, there's different dimensional frequencies of consciousness. And in this dimension, we dimensionalize them. Like I see you as a human. So if I see you in this dimension, I see Natalie. If I dive into a deeper meditation, I can talk to the Hathors. I've <laughs> talked to, I mean, we can get into that too. I've talked to this group of beings called the Hathors. Jen and I have talked to the Blues. Mm-hmm. When we channel, when Jen and I channel. But... Another level above that? What if I told you none of that actually even exists? And it's just... They're just expressions yeah. of my consciousness expressing itself. So none of that actually exists. It's all just me. That's exactly when people <laughs> see numbers. Yeah. I'm like, that's just you. It's just you. And, but it exists. But it it, it's, yeah, it's real. But it's also like an that illusion. two sides of the coin here. Yes. It's like, an opinion, illusion. like the same, what we're talking about people's beliefs and opinions. It's all, it's there, but it's not there. It's real, but it's not. Exactly. You, isn't it but isn't. it's not real. Are you? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, do we need to pay attention to those? Sure. It's a beautiful story. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm not dismissing. I mean, it. I'm talking about life as a story. This is, a, this is cinema right now. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. And if it, if it aligns me within a frequency within the hologram, then that's right. But the frequencies and dimensions that we play now of like these other dimensional beings in this dimension, do they exist? Yes. Because that they live within the mathematics and geometry of the hologram. But outside of the hologram, 
it's fucking it's just it's consciousness yeah, it's literally that's what i was about to say it's just consciousness so, so is that basically what sacred sacred geometry it's just all sacred geometry to me geometry and frequency they are the mathematics within that the hologram is made of mm. but it is not the end all and be all yeah I know. it is not god god created it is an expression of god it is a Frequency, energy, and motion, geometry are the building blocks of the hologram. Let's put it that way. In but it's still creation. an illusion because a hologram yeah. doesn't exist. So in all of creation, when you ask me to bottom line answer the question, which star seed system do I come from? All of them. Uh-huh. Or whichever one I choose. Yeah. And right now I'm consciously saying I'm not going to choose any. So it, it's awesome. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, all, all of it. That's how I feel. Like I'll I'll latch on to something, and then like the next day, I think because I move through things so quickly, I'll automatically like not latch on to it, but like yeah. naturally, you know. And I'll play with it, and then and people yeah. identify with it. I wrote a post the other day. Oh, sorry, very last thing I'll say. We could talk for hours. I know. Actually, I have a client session in fifteen minutes, so it's like yeah. The, <laughs> please take care the, of what you need to. <laughs> the um. It, what was I saying? I wrote a post the other day targeting like two star seeds, like star seeds, coaches, healers, practitioners, if this is you, blah, blah, blah. And I was just speaking the language of people to what, what they identify with. But that's it. it was, it's just it's a language, language that it's language that someone identifies with. Do I consider myself a star seed? No, I consider myself consciousness above mm-hmm. the star seed, within the star seed. There's no. When you're just in consciousness, you're just in consciousness. There's yeah, nothing. and I think that's kind of what I meant. Like we're all just searching for something to identify with, and to exactly our ego needs like a label, label or something to to put like in you know make it our physical reality or make it yeah. tangible, which you know? is needed. Which is needed, but really it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which it is because it is needed. Because without it, we wouldn't build and create this reality. And it, share is a information. it is a character in our movie. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What movie are you in? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Still <laughs> trying to figure that one out. After this, after this podcast, people are going to be like, oh, I don't know what movie I'm in anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Phil. So good. Okay. I so I love you too. Last question for real. Okay. Where can we find you? And, you know, like, what is the easiest way for one of my listeners to get in touch with you and follow your work? Uh, Instagram is probably the top. So just okay. at Philip Attar, P-H-I-L-I-P-A-T-T-A-R. I have videos and writing and articles on there every day. On can we Expandier. DM you? Yeah, people can okay. DM me. There's also a free 40-minute workshop that describes pretty much a lot of what I talked about today. Or if it would help someone, if someone's looking for guidance or wants someone to help them discover their own power, that you are your own God, create mm-hmm. your own life. There's a free workshop link in my bio. They can watch it. If it aligns with them, doesn't have to, no obligation. I offer at the end of that, that workshop a free consultation with me, kind of as an interview for us to discover, do we, oh. do we resonate together or not? No, mm-hmm. no obligation. And then we go from there. But yeah, check me out on Instagram. All right. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. And thank, thank you. you for your time. I'm going to have you on my podcast too. So yes. next time we're going to ask you questions. I want to yeah. talk about talk about dating for sure. Oh, let's, let's do that on either one of them, whichever one, but okay. for sure. Okay, awesome. cool. Have a good day. You too. I love you. Bye. Love this you too. Awesome. Bye. Bye.